This is Captivated Minds. I'm Jake. I'm Stan. And this is part two of our Russian Wildswell series. Which the first one was fantastic. So uh, we are going to be continuing our deep dive into Russian Roswell Part 2. If you listened to the last episode, you know, uh, if you know Russian, please send us a message so we can get some proper punctuation. Because we're kind of butchering <laughs> some names here, that's pr- for sure. We're, we're Americans. That's right. Let's <laughs> that's re- all we can say. That's right. Let's recap everything we know up until now. We have a red orb that crashes into bo- uh, multiple times at Hill 611. We've also discussed the key differences and similarities with the, uh, the regular Roswell case as well. And we were also able to touch upon the CIA and the Chinese government and how they are briefly connected to this one incident, too. We also talked about uh, this little town in Russia and its importance of mining here, too. We kind of covered a lot in that first Russian yeah, Roswell episode. Quite a bit. And what also surprised me was how like forthcoming Russia was with like information. They were very forthcoming. Like their their whole thing was, hey, we don't like to their people, hey, we don't know anything. We don't know everything. So we need people to help us. So they like unlike us, where we try to cover things up and change things oh, it's a weather balloon. Yeah. They were like, Hey, something strange is occurring. And we want to know if anyone else has heard this. Now, there's two ways I thought about it was they genuinely need help or Russia is Russia. So are they secretly telling people, hey, come forward and tell us? And then as soon as the people tell them their story, they don't you know, get rid of them. Maybe, <laughs> you, I mean, you know what I mean? It could have been just, either way. You just don't there, know. There were a lot of scientists that did go to this incident yeah. at the middle of the night to kind of figure out what really what happened. We talked about a lot of it last time of what they kind of discovered, and we'll go into it a little bit here, but why were these scientists called in the middle of the night to begin with? I right. mean, were they there just to gather information, and then they were, you know? Because it, it's just, to me, it's just weird that we hear all this bad stuff that come in and out of Russia, you know, how they people are treated and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to aliens, they were just so like, we need help. So help us. Yeah. Or so they, to me, it's like if if I'm someone looking in, I don't trust them. No. You're, you're <laughs> you correct. know what I mean? You're correct. Um, but even from what we talked about in the CIA yeah. series about Russia in the 60s, too. So this right. just kind of contradicts almost everything that we know exactly. about so Russia. It's like I really I'm really enjoying what the government their government is doing. And I kind of wish our government did the same. I mean, it's to me like let's let's look at now, okay? Let's look at now before we get into this. They started releasing alien stuff last year, as soon as the pandemic hit. Yeah, and now in the news, that's all you see is COVID, 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 COVID. Right? Yeah. You have to now really look on news websites, dig, you gotta dig, to actually find the latest. Oh. Pentagon just released this. Pentagon just released that. I kind of wish it was like we were in Russia back back when this happened. 86, 86, yeah. Because I would be eating this up. I'd be like, oh, tell me more. That's right. Like They even went on the news and they fully say it. Yeah. Hey, we had something weird happen. Kind of don't be alarmed sort of thing. But, you know, this is what's going on. Which is great. Yeah. Like in, in the 40s, we were like, well, nothing happened. Hush, hush. Nothing happened. It was just a weird weather balloon. I know. That's I know so, that's your favorite term, weather balloon. Stupid. 
You could have came up with something else. I would have been okay. It's if a it Macy's was... Thanksgiving Day balloon. Right. Is that more believable for you? <laughs> to me, it would be like, hey, we had an experimental aircraft that we're yeah. testing, yeah. and it went down. Yeah, no. We just that something red, been, red balloon in the that air. That would have been better than, hey, this, this weather balloon crashed yeah. on this guy's ranch. Yeah, no. <laughs> So now we're, we're going to be talking about the c- complex objects that were found at the crash that evening. The iron balls that were found at the scene were by themselves unusual. Each of these balls were made of iron, aluminum, magnesium, nickel, chromium, tungsten, and cobalt. So there was multiple metals comprised of these me- uh, metallic balls that were found at the scene. This tells us one key detail. The object that crashed that night was not a solid metal, but a complex design of multiple metals. It is as if this object pulled the best characteristics from each metal and used it in some form and fashion, which is kind of weird. That's a lot of different type of metals in one little, like, ball. sphere. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like, like a musket ball. All of these yeah. metals were in these, like, clusters of these musket ball-like things. Which is incredible. It's really weird. I wonder in, like... Uh... Because a lot of those metals that you named, yeah, they're heavy, they're dense. It's, I didn't realize you could combine some of these. It's not oh, magnesium, not magnesium, magnesium. Sorry, yeah. I said that wrong. It, it's just when you see all those, it's like, oh, I didn't know you could combine. I'm sure if they're heated up, right, and melted together and that's stuff. Right, but like sometimes they don't press together. I know Certain metals don't. Work I know together. watching. I watch uh, Forge and Fire. Yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. Too. Um. And they talked about that certain metals, like when you mix and stuff, they actually won't adhere to each other. So they'll actually like layer up, like one will stay above the other when they're cooling. But to for this, this is everything is all in this compressed, uh, compressed together. Yeah, all of these metals were in a single location. When these objects repeating were being heated up in a separate location, they would still maintain their ball-like shape, which is also weird. This tells us that the structure or integrity of these balls changes based on the location. Physicists and metallurgists cannot give a definitive answer to what these metals really are. This really showcases just how baffling these scientists really are and uh, when it just pertains to the metal or the metallic remains of this object. So... <laughs> the metals kind of change depending right. on where they are, too, which yeah. is weird. We now have another expert coming forward with yet another statement about this object. We now have A. Kulikov, an expert on carbon at the Chemistry Institute of the Far Eastern Department of Ca- Academy Sciences. A. Kulikov writes that the understanding of the origins of the mesh is still unknown. The mesh resembles glass carbon uh, but the complex formation of the mesh is still unknown. The tests uh, were performed to create this mesh-like material from nothing, but nothing could be recreated exactly in 1986. So now, as scientists try to recreate the mesh, they come to a roadblock uh, based solely on the technology of their era. Right, because this, this mesh material was strong. It was interwoven together, right. too. Right, and it, it's a... And it's hard to make metal mesh that is also very durable and strong and flexible flexible and everything. So that's where they're having trouble trying to recreate. And yet it's probably every time they go to like 
wrap it around something or push something through it just ends up snapping and they can't figure out yeah. why carbon fibers are called graphic fibers too carbon fibers are typically consisted of bonded carbon atoms that form into crystals that become aligned to a fiber when this occurs we get carbon fibers that are very strong and easily stretchable Several thousand fibers are e are woven to place into a toe, and a toe can be woven to, into things as well. Kind of give a context of what these things kind of are. Have any of these scientists thought about recreating these objects with modern technology? I'm sure using this book provides as a source of a 3D model. They can do a rendering of the crash. They can see how things kind of came about using software today they could probably recreate the entire crash scene and see the intricate things of what fell out of the orb too you know i got actually thinking about that the other day when it comes to older like unsolved things right why not instead of having it sit on the shelf why not okay hey you know what our computers are better the way we do things are better. Let's dive back into it. So, like, I agree with it. Why not? Are they? Why aren't they? Yeah. Looking at this, going, hey, now we can probably recreate, or we can probably do this, or let's uh, let's take satellite pictures of this crash area and see if we can maybe recreate what the craft maybe. Do a 3D like. printing of the craft itself, right. too, and see the velocity and determine how fast it was coming in and why it landed at that angle sort of thing, too. Because you could sit there and you could type in the dimensions and put it in a 3D printer. That's right. And have a 3D printer make this little toy size object, thing yeah. and just to see what it would have looked like. That's right. One of the craziest things about this case would be the scientists at the scene make yet another discovery. These scientists found gold, silver, and nickel all at the crash site. All the gold found on Earth comes from debris from dead stars. When the Earth was being uh, formed, gold was heavy and sank to the core. When the planet was being hit with asteroids, this forced gold to come to the surface. Silver, on the other hand, can be easily created. Nickel can be found from meteorites, and it can be also be created. Each of these metals has a, has a major difference when it comes to price, durability, and cost to obtain. And each of these metals will also melt at a very different temperature as well, too. Right. And so it's uh, there's a theory that because gold, gold, silver, nickel, and all that stuff is so plentiful on our planet, that's why aliens have come here to see if they could dig some up or whatever because it's – it's so rare elsewhere. Yeah. These scientists placed all three gold, silver, and nickel pieces into a sealed vacuum, and it's heated as well. Something strange occurs when these scientists go to check on the contents in this sealed, heated container. The elements they had placed inside the container had vanished. The contents were replaced by mobelium. This element was not inside the chamber prior to the test being conducted. Mobellium is typically found in both iron and stone meteorites. Well, that's weird. That's very weird, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's weird. Yeah. Hey, Dave, did you take my stuff out of this box? Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting a burrito in a microwave and coming back and it's a Pop-Tart. Right. No, really. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> 
now I want to fuck with my kids. Yeah. They're oh going to put God. something in the microwave. I'm just going to swap it out. Oh, my God. You should do that. That's the thing. What the hell happened? What, what is this? There is one object on site that does seem a little somewhat normal compared to all of these others. There's a pile of ash at the crash site at 611. From what the scientists could tell, something was burned. There are two major theories about the pile of ash found at this scene. One theory leans towards the idea that wildlife got burned nearby. We did talk about on the last episode how hot this thing burned and the extent of while it burned. So if a, a deer, something was nearby, a bear, whatever it was, something was nearby on the outskirts of this flame, it would have burned up very easily. The second, uh, this theory is possible. Uh, the second theory suggests that something from within the object was burned alive. We do know that the heat was so hot and steady, anything inside, outside, would have not stood a chance. No, there. it's just like an asteroid. When an asteroid comes into um, our atmosphere and stuff, when you see asteroids in movies, everyone's looking up and they're like, oh, my God. But if you actually could see one as close as they, everyone would be fried. Yeah. So... It would, to me, the theory of like a deer, wild animal or something burning up because this thing's coming in hot, that would make sense. I I wouldn't know why they would have maybe cooked something inside. No, no. If the if the if the ball crashes and the creature that was inside burned alive, oh, they burned alive because of the heat. Because it that did burn been. at nineteen hundred degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have burned anything, any organic material. Really yeah. fast. That was yeah. yeah, but I I think it could have been, it could have definitely been a, a tree. It could have been an it was animal. Orga- it was organic. Organic. It, yeah. So it wasn't a tree. Well, to me, when like plant life is organic. Yeah, yeah. I meant like, but um, biological. It, it, biological. Yes. Okay. Yes. Biological yeah, yeah. sort of ash. Uh, Doctor Valerie Zisfini uh, publishes an article about this incident. The title is called. Dalinorsky Phenomenon at the Soviet Uzbekistan Magazine. Within this article, Dr. Zavzini discloses details pertaining to said event. One, But one key act, aspect about this article that is a little strange would be the fact that even more undisclosed bits of information are within this article. This kind of feels like the doctor had all of this information just building up over years and years, and she just needed to publish it just to get it out of her system sort of thing. Um, it would be very interesting to find this article if we could find it in a translated version. It's not in the book as a source. They just kind of mention it, but be able to read her article would be kind of neat. You only can keep a secret so long. That's right. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of people who, like, on their deathbed, you know, they finally go, hey – this happened to That's me right. years ago. That's I'm right. telling you now because, well, I'm going to die anyways. That's right. So yeah, with her, it's like, man, I've been keeping this secret. I, I need. That's right. I just got to let it out. <laughs> so here's another little a bit of interesting details we got from the source, uh, not from the article. The trajectory of this object lines up with the Zhishang uh, Cosmodrome of the People's Republic of China. At that location, Chinese satellites are launched into orbit, which is kind of an interesting fact. There is no concrete evidence of any launch that day from either of the location. This also, this also helps us narrow down this object down to 
what it is and what it is not. So it's not a Chinese satellite. It's not a Russian satellite. So we're kind of narrowing right. it down slowly. We don't know if this object came from any direction, so determining that would still be very difficult. And the other thing is, like, China and Russia have always been kind of close. Close. So I'm pretty sure if, like, China lost a rocket, a satellite or something, right, and it landed in Russian territory, I'm pretty sure they'd just be like, hey, just so you know, this happened. That's right. Um Either can we come in to collect it or can you collect it for us yes. type of thing. Yeah. We are doing a bit of a time jump. Well, what makes this next segment would be a little weird is that it takes place in 1988 China. China's Xinhua uh, press agency reported a red glowing sphere that was seen by, uh, seen by the Cosmodrome. This object was identical to the object in Delnorsk. This object in China hovered for precisely 30 minutes. A theory suggests that the red orb may have been monitoring the activities in, in China when they were launching satellites into space. Maybe these beings were like, hey, uh, these better not be like nuclear missiles or something, kind of watching China, making sure like everyone's being good, you know, sort of thing. Yep. These red orbs still uh, could be a drone of some kind, and they could have – what I was thinking is there may be like a large lens – and that's the object. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like a, a drone, but it's just a lens to watch over things. Too. Yep. That could be kind of interesting. Yeah, that would actually make sense. We have yet another new, new detail about the crash at 611. There also be there appeared to be tough volcanic ash that had a light gray color. This tuff was found at the scene, but something about this seemed a bit off. This particular tuff did not match any of the local soil varieties from the location. The samples were tested, and there was a direct soil match from Yaroslav tufts. These tufts that were matched uh, come from soil located 160 miles north and 6,000 miles away from the current location. Wow. Yeah. They were also able to match up these tufts with the local tufts around the scene, and they did not match. They just did a lot of soil samples, and the soils didn't match, basically, the local soil samples. They only matched the soil samples that were from 160 miles north or east uh, <laughs> 6,000 miles away. That's, that's actually really insane. Yeah. Some of the researchers think that this thing or this orb – was collecting samples from various parts of the Soviet Union. And then when it crashed, these kind of dirt samples fell kind out. Kind of fell out, which yeah. that would make sense. Yes. So, like I said before, you know, the whole theory that aliens are coming to collect different elements from our planet, you know, whether it be gold or whatever, mm -hmm. that would make sense if it was going around taking samples to see where would be a good place to actually dig mm -hmm. or experiment experiment or maybe they're they are planting something yeah because it was just weird to see them grabbing various dirt samples just from russia though yeah yeah tufts are also sort of uh change w when exposed to temperatures we know this because this thing may have crashed with the soil samples inside the things burn uh, this thing burns for a long time and this causes the tuft to be exposed as well this would also explain more of the ash on scene, too. This does not indicate if there was any organic material found or if the organic material survived the burn. This thing burns, and everything in its path, when it crashes and burns, 
it just basically just goes away and it just makes for difficult situations for these scientists to solve yeah i mean it's i think they have too much in such a small area yeah to figure out and of course you know adding in all these soil samples from everywhere around you're you're really screwing the pooch right there yeah <laughs> we've also covered a lot of evidence about this case so far this area becomes a anonymous zone weird shit begins to start to happen at this location without any major reason or cause this area would be affected by this abnormal behavior for the next three years after the crash. Just let that sink in. Three years later, this place is still being affected by weird shit. Do the residents of the small town blame everything that's weird going on about the crash? Or do they kind of, okay, it's just our town having some weird shit right now? So That's a kind of weird spot to put this. I here. mean, what kind of... Like, are they talking some sort of, like, things dying or, or whatever? Like, uh, what kind of things are happening oh, in me, their town? Because here's the thing. If, if it has to deal with, like, maybe mutation or something like that, I would say maybe there's some sort of, like, radiation that we can't detect or... Maybe there was some sort of biological element that was released when it was crashed and that was affecting things. And it was only so what happens is it's only this one zone, right. it's not the town nearby, it's not any other part of Russia, it's just this one little pocketed area right. that's really affected for the next three years, which is really weird. Yeah, it's insane. You would think so, that, that's why I was saying if it was like radiation. It would the, spread. The wind would blow That's and it right. would spread. Like Chernobyl. So maybe biological, and this thing doesn't spread far or fast, yeah. or maybe it gets a certain, maybe there's like a hub in the middle, and if they get too far from the hub, they die. So that's why it's like what it is concentrated in one area. area. Let's divulge a little bit into the strange occurrences that take place from this crash site from 1986 to 1989. Both local plant life and animal life were both affected by the crash in that one spot. Any and all forms of insects would avoid this one area. That's, ins that's weird. That's very weird. Humans who would enter the area of the crash site would also feel changes in their heart rate, their blood chemistry, and their pulse rate. Many people who would also lose feeling in various body parts, too. Some individuals would also lose full coordination of everything. Various other groups of people also got sick from visiting the site, and one person became deadly uh, ill from the site as well. This zone would also affect all mechanical and electronic equipment. So if you remember Barty and Betty and Barney Hill, they had something similar happen to their car and compass. So it's kind of like this one area is just having all of this... Stuff affect humans, plants, animals. See, to me, it does sound. It sounds almost viral, like like it is some sort of biological thing, deterrent. But okay, it's it's far out there. What if it has to do with frequency? That that could have been a good idea too. So let's say there this thing crashes, right? Mm -hmm. And a part of it or whatever is actually had fallen deep into the earth it's covered up no one knows about it right 
but it's putting out this frequency that is affecting human bodies because there's been studies about frequency that there's some good frequency that actually help you calm down, calm down, clear your mind, maybe help you sleep. But there's other frequencies that could actually be harmful to the human body. And you don't hear those frequencies. You're not going to hear the hum. You're not going to hear, but it could affect, you know, your vision, uh, how you're feeling. It could technically have issues with your heart and stuff like that. So maybe there is some part of this, uh, whatever you want to call it, let's say machine Mm -hmm. that's in the earth now, because after three years, three years, it's going to get buried a little bit. And that's what it's doing. It's producing this frequency, keeping bugs away. Keeping but all insects, though, wouldn't some insects be affected by certain frequencies and not other frequencies? I'm just, I don't know it that de- much about a bug. It, bugs, depends, it depends on the frequency. Certain, so like if you look at a dog's whistle, right? Mm-hmm. The dog whistle will affect Hyper, dogs, but yeah. it won't affect us. But if there was a, a certain frequency that maybe affects everything equally. There could be that one frequency. Either that or it's a constant rotating of frequencies. Ah, that would make sense too. So you could think about like maybe there is that one person that's able to go through there and not get infected. Maybe there is one worm or insect that are that's there. They just haven't found it yet. Yeah. Um, just like that, supposedly that one person died, right? Well, they were got deadly sick. They didn't deadly, die. Deadly sick, right. Yeah. But close to where Death. they could have been, de- That's right. maybe they are too sensitive to, to the it. frequency too. Right. Yeah. So it would appear that this crash light is still changing things far after everything has re- been removed. If the bug life is altered, then there are giant impacts on the ecosystem too. Something could still be active or present in this area to make people sick too. One of the first things that comes to mind was be electromagnetism. Like an EMP or some kind, something that lasts longer that can affect living things. The second thing that comes to mind would be, of course, radiation. If the sphere was nuclear based, parts of this thing could have cracked out of the sphere, causing this radiation to come out, exposing the plant life and the animal life too. But I do like your idea about being a frequency. I thought of it as like electromagnets and yeah, small yeah. radiation. So to kind of have both different ideas was kind of neat too. Yeah. This is clearly something inside of this thing that was not just soil samples. Let's be clear. Yeah. So to me, it's like we're where there's like no deaths yet. No. Right. There's no deaths. But sickness, um, you're losing your feeling and feelings. Some parts, yeah. I like that electromagnetism like that. That could be too. It, it can affect yeah, the human body. Af- um, I mean, if you think about it, maybe that person's feeling like a thousand x-rays yeah right it could be that same impact mm-hmm. um so like when you think about radiation i'm thinking of like way too sick yes um throwing up a lot uh like your bones are starting to like dwindle you're like you're just can sick. never get yeah. better yeah animal life would technically just keep on dying and animal life might be affected from the electromagnetism too right electromagnetism yeah yeah, yeah. there has to be a there has to be the first major case we've covered about a location being altered and changed, not just people being, you know, hurt or changed. Betty and Barney Hill did have some physical and mental wounds, but the first, but for the most part, they were all right. Hill six eleven could have easily killed people depending on what type of thing they were exposed to. 
This source does not really indicate if anyone died from visiting or being exposed to things at the crash site. Not yet, anyway. Look at Roswell itself. Yeah. No one's gotten sick. That we knew of. That we knew of. Do you think our government would have told us if they did get sick, though? Well, here's the thing. Because of so many people... Because the way they failed at Roswell at the beginning, because so many people actually went to the area and collected things and that's right and stuff like that. None of them got sick. They had hush orders put on them, like we we know we NDAs, knew that was yeah. NDAs and stuff. Yeah. But none of them really got sick or anything. So this must be some sort of you know like a a different. Let's say they're a different species of extraterrestrial. To me, when you when you think of Roswell, you think of Grays. That's right. right? That's, Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney we, we Hill. We think of Grays again. Right. Where this one seems more... A little different. God, almost like they are energy. That's what I'm kind of getting Hold out of that. Hold that thought to the end, because I got a couple more tricks up my sleeve. Ooh. While the first episode in this series covers some of the grandiose aspects of this incident, this episode has covered some of the smaller incidents, like the plants, the tufts, the area that's been affected by, you know, sort of thing. Each of these details are bigger in their own way, but small compared to another sphere flying over China. We even talk about the altering uh, compositions of metals and how they've been heated in an airtight seal and then changed. It would also appear that for every detail we can somewhat understand, there are plenty of details that we don't have a clue about within this case. This case is also a mystery, but the kind of mystery we hope we can solve with people someday, too. Yeah, like I really hope there's some guy or some woman out there that is still on this. That's working. working That's right. Now, within this article that we briefly talked about, there are a couple more details we have to cover. Any photos taken at the site or adjacent to the site would not develop. These photos in questions would come out blank or totally black. See, that sounds like electromagnetism. Or radiation. Or radiation, right. Yeah, that's what made me think of that. What is also odd about this detail would be that some photos did come out, but any photos directly shot of... Hill 611 were not visible within them, and only the terrain around 611 was seen in the photo. Explain that. You see, that's messed up. That's weird, yeah. yeah. There was also an expedition performed on 611. All of the flashlights on the expedition suddenly stopped working. The expedition team checked on the flashlights after they had come down. They had noticed something weird. All of the wires located within the flashlights had been burned. Huh. Well, that's even weirder. That's right. You know what it reminds me of? How how weird this case is? Like, Dial Talk Pass. It does remind... A little bit. Just you know the expedition I mean? part of it. Like, yeah. the expedition part, but, like, they were seeing some weird things. They took some pictures, but only certain pictures were able that's to, right. See? like, so work. It connects to all, all the other series we kind of talked about before. February 8th, 1986, only eight full days since this incident occurred. At 8.30 p.m., locals of Dilatorsk, uh, witnessed another strange event at Hill 611. These witnesses see another two yellowish spheres that flew from the north and were moving towards the south. These two yellow spheres also fly over the town. 
These two spheres also reach the crash site and begin to circle the area. The first orb must have uh, sent out some sort of signal, uh, s signal of some kind, because uh, uh, to both of these crashes. These two spheres turned from the southern direction and flew over as fast as they had arrived. Wow. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. The last incident happened only date eight days after the first crash. A year later, something else happens in this small town. On November 28th, 1987, the skies over Delnorsk light right up. At 11.24 p.m., not one or two, but 32 of these objects fly out of nowhere. We can kind of assume that these things were brightly colored, just like the first object, and were very similar in shape and design. This large group of objects were witnessed by hundreds of locals. Even military personnel within the town also witnessed this spectacle. These objects flew directly over 12 various settlements or spots within this town. Wow, that's strange. Yep. You ever think that maybe our Earth does things that we just can't explain? Like, could it be that our Earth, like... Purges that could be kinda, once in a while, yeah. And this stuff is just coming out of like cracks and stuff from wherever, wherever. Thirty-two of them. That's right. Precisely thirteen of these objects flew directly over the town and the uh, hill six eleven. Witnesses would also see that one time three of these objects hovered over the town, while at the same time these objects were hovering over the hill too. All these objects became so bright, it was almost like it was daytime. That, God, that has, I wonder, that's bright. I wonder how many lumens that is. That's bright. That's, yeah. That's, that's Russia at night bright. All of these objects became, oh yeah, yeah. Every single object in the sky that night did not make a single sound, sum, or vibration of any kind. It was all silent. These objects would also travel at an altitude of 500 feet in the air upward to 2,600 feet in the air. So they were very different in height depending on where these orbs were. We go from one object to two objects, from two objects to 32 objects very quickly. See, like nowadays, I could say it's a bunch of people with their drones like That's doing right. that because yeah. they can – you know, have have Maneuver all their it. stuff stacked, yeah. and you know, I watch videos of them doing that all they the time. They can do like triangles. They can do right. shapes and stuff. Yeah, but this nineteen eighty six, no drones. Nope. Some witnesses think that there were witnesses uh, th that these uh, spheres were sort of uh, a rescue operation. Other people seem to think that they were not objects, but all glowing meteorites. Once these objects began to fly around the town, strange things began to happen even more. All the uh, televisions and telegraphs were all directly interfered with. These objects were clearly sending out a local signal of some kind to who or why we still don't know. Wow. Yeah, I would say a signal. Yeah. At 11 p.m. that same evening, eyewitnesses noticed something else in the sky. These group of witnesses were located at a rock quarry in town. These folks saw something, and it was not a sphere or orb of any kind. This time around, these witnesses see a giant cylindrical object flying straight towards this area. 
Witnesses claim that this the scope of this thing could be a thousand feet long. This is kind of I would assume it was the mothership of these big orbs. All of the small objects or spheres may have come from this big object. It sounds like one big like rescue mission. Yeah. Like, okay, this thing crashed. Yep. Our people are missing. We need to go find them. That's right. That's what it sounds like. That's what they're doing. They're they're it's a scout party. That's right. But if you see this giant thousand foot thing coming towards you, you're gonna freak out. Just oh a little yeah, bit. definitely. Yeah, it's just coming right towards you. Eleven thirty p.m. that same day, the Ministry of Internal Internal Affairs office uh, state that they also witnessed orbs just standing, walking in the street. Eleven thirty p.m. at the quarry, uh, there these people start to freak out. After seeing this massive ship just stay still and come right towards them and stop. The front part of this thing lit up like it was burning metal. One of the locals states that this thing was long, cigar-shaped, and moved about at a height of about 1,000 feet in the air. This witnesses key in a field of aerodynamics as well as flight. So this witness kind of has some credibility when they're talking about seeing this thing in the air. I, I like how... You know, when I was a kid, right, all you heard about were flying saucers, That's right. right. That's yes. all you heard about. Yes. They they were disc, shiny. Pancake-shaped, flat. As I, as I got older, the cigar shape. Is a lot more predominant. Is a lot more like everyone has seen we, a cigar We've talked shape. about that on multiple episodes, I'm sure, about the cigar shape. Yeah. And, and just like... Uh, what was it last year, the year before that cigar shape looking, they said it was an asteroid, but they were picking weird things up from it. Yeah. Was like coming into our solar system and Moving then, or something. then left our solar system. Yeah. Like that was a cigar shape. So that's kind of weird that we're now seeing more and more cigar shaped things right. too. This guy noted that uh, he believes that a massive object like this could move without uh, being heard or having some sort of engine. There's also another witness, a school change, a school teacher named Mar- uh, Marquina. She sees something completely different. She sees a bright spherical craft that moves again without sound. The, this thing, this, this one, only flew at a height of about 90 to 135 feet in the air. This, there's also a second object in front of this one, too. This second object is metallic-looking and elongated. This, ob- this second object shoots out a beam of violent blue light. Violet, not uh, violent. Violet blue light. This beam was uh, roughly two feet long in size. You know, maybe this girl had something else on her mind. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but, but to look up and to but, see these... Like, to see that... I'd be Blue so lights sh- shining down. I'd be so scared. Yeah, I really will. Yeah, because if you th- if you watch movies now, right? You see any blue light from the sky, like right? You're, you're, you're getting s- abducted. That's right. Like you're. Hey, say you better say goodbye Bye. to your family. That's right. What makes this a little bit weird would be the fact that this violet blue light hits the ground under the object. The really strange thing is that the ship did not give off or have any form or shape of a shadow underneath it. As this beam of light hit the mountain, the color of the light would also change. The color of light would go from a, a violet blue to a bright red. These two lights also seem to uh, be like giant search lights to a certain extent, I would say. After some time, 
and the red beam of light just seemed to stop, and this massive ship just silently flew away into the night sky. There are also no rockets launched in either China or Russia of that day at all either. Yeah, I would say like a, a searchlight or some sort of x-ray. Thermal? Thermal or something. Blue, blue and red. Right? I couldn't really find so why that, blue and red, though. That's the weird thing. Because to me, it's right. If you're – you got to bend – you got to bend light a certain way to look at maybe heat um, because I would assume a lot of trees and stuff. It, it goes to what I said before. It's almost like this is a search party and they're it's looking a, for that, that's right. I, I agree, one of their yeah. comrades. Yeah. And they don't know if they're still alive or not. So that, that's what it seems like. You have these maybe they're separate. We see that they're separate, but inside their ship. Those lights actually work together to show like a better picture of the surroundings and yes. and stuff like that. Now, with all of these, which one seems to be the weirdest so far? The orbs? The, no, it, I, th- the, the I think it's the thousand foot one. I think the thousand foot, like the the whole the, cigar shaped ones. The fact that it came in and stayed still and had like a burning metallic in yeah. front would have really freaked the f- rock oh, out. Yeah. Like if you had a ship come right towards your house and just like stay in front of you. What I'm wondering is why didn't Russia, maybe they didn't see him on their scopes. That could be. You would you would have thought they would have sent every fighter jet possible. Like, Well, you remember the material from last time, radi- uh, uh, not radiation, no. Uh, the, the stuff they use in planes. Oh yeah, they yeah yeah they. Uh, it doesn't work uh-huh. on. The, it doesn't work uh, with the, the me- metal. Yeah. Metal. Yes, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, just, I had a brain fart. It, yeah, it doesn't work uh, with the metal. So even if they were trying to scan it or scope it or something, they wouldn't have been able to. And the fact that it doesn't have a shadow underneath it—that's also weird. That's extremely weird. It's yeah. almost like it's. It's there, but it's not there at the same time. Interdimensional. Could be. So like we can see it, but technically it's not. It's not there. Now, would it obey the laws of our physics if it's from a different dimension? No, or it would. follow its own physics? I think it follows its own. It would what? follow its own. It's so mind-blowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's where, like, you know, if you think about it, aliens themselves, people are saying that some people theorize that they're either um, humans from our future that have come back to kind of scope things out, see how we lived and blah, blah, blah maybe at some point we did something wrong and they're trying to figure out where we were wrong or that they're interdimensional. They're from a different dimension and they slip into these pockets here and there. And that's where we see them to, to me. If there's no shadow, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah. It's extremely weird. This whole case is just really weird. Oh yeah. There's lots of weird shit going on. <laughs> we're now closing up part two of Russian Roswell. We go from small details to gig- gigantic ones really quickly we also go from seeing a single object in the night sky to seeing 32 objects in the sky not long after seeing the first some people think that these lights were a search and rescue mission like uh, Stan is suggesting as well too while that does seem like a logical point I think the big ship was just a way for the small ships to move at long distance at a faster rate too maybe not interdimensional but maybe all the small ships kind of gather together and they use it like a taxi service yeah, oh, yeah. we all need to get here. Yeah. You're going here. Let's just carry on to you and yeah. go from there. I also think that it may have been a mothership, but it could have been a mothership that really wanted to investigate what happened to that first sphere or that first orb. 
what happened uh, to that orb or the contents of within the orb too. Maybe to see if human had caused the object to crash or if humans forced this object to crash too. That's the other thing too. Yeah, it sounds – what that ship sounds like, is, to me, all I can picture is a shark. And all those like little fishes, minnows, right? Little yeah, minnows that yeah. are like hooked to it, just yep. like catching a rod and feeding off of scraps and stuff like that. It's almost like it could be their refueling ship. Yep. Um, the mothership, mothership ideas. I mean, another one to think of is like Independence Day, right? Where they all break off and then they all could hook back up together. That's right. Yeah. Um, but to me, it doesn't. It this totally doesn't sound like they're here to hurt anyone. No. They they are searching for something like maybe that ship was more important than we think. Yeah. Um, whether it be someone or something on it that's important or information or information or something that because, I mean, it makes you think about our Roswell. It really does. If if our Roswell was truly a downed alien ship or okay okay now now i'm thinking about it. let me mm, let me spit this out there you go these guys learned from roswell yes they lost a ship we came we took the ship we took the bodies we took everything we took everything these aliens whatever you want to call them they lose another ship but they don't want what happened back then to happen again or maybe it was a separate race or it could be so like we said maybe it was the grays yep the grays came down in 40 whatever they crashed and fell oh well humans did this this and this to us and so now this secondary race they spread the word they spread the word that's right yeah so the secondary race comes and go oh damn we lost a ship yeah we gotta Uh, pick it up like right we got we gotta go now because they who knows what they're gonna do yeah that would make sense that would make a lot of sense, but the yeah. fact that we're still they're still trying to figure out the the materials that were in this thing too is still crazy. Is it sad that I like this better than our Roswell? I I mean we we have a couple this, more episodes in this too. That's why I told you that two doesn't really pick up until the end because once we start picking up, we're like full that, on going for it. That's the thing. Like there's there's more to this. That's right, and I think it's because our government covered up too much. They did cover up a lot, and I don't. I don't agree with what they covered up. Right. But, I mean, I can understand it. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yes, you can understand it, but not like it. That's right. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, But I just, I, I just like how Russia handled this. They I really Russia, did. Yeah. They, they didn't, like, cover anything up. No. They kind of was like. They were open about it with their citizens. They yeah. were open about it with their scientists. They were open about it with the locals. They were open about it with China. They were open about it with the CIA. Yeah. They were open about it all around while we're like, well, no, nothing happened. We're yeah, good. We're good. Hey, we're, we're seeing some strange stuff. Is that it? Hey, have you seen some strange stuff? And, of course, we're like, no, never. That's right. Never. Yeah. No. Yeah. But it's, what did you see? See, yeah. then they start asking questions. What did you see, though? Yeah. I didn't see anything. That's right. So uh, if you like what you hear, please follow us on Facebook, Captivated Minds. Instagram's at Minds Captivated. Email us, CaptivatedMinds2 at gmail.com. 
Everything's listed in the show notes, including our Instagrams. If you also listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please turn on your notifications or any other uh, podcasting listening app, turn on your notifications and you, you'll get up to date when we drop new episodes as well. If you also like what you hear, please let us know uh, in the comments or in any Apple comment, Apple uh, podcast comment or any comment, really. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so thank you all for listening. Thank you.